Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of Out of Line. Uh, I'm Nick DiMartino. I'm joined by uh, Garth uh, Garth Patrick. I almost said Garth Brooks. Um, no, n- nobody that quite that famous. Uh, follow us on all of our social media uh, at Review and Preview uh, Sports, uh, uh, Instagram at Review and Preview, Twitter uh, at Review and Preview One. Um, so, and uh, YouTube at Review and Preview Sports. Um, you know, pretty predictable handles um all right so uh going into the sh- um obviously there's a lot in the uh, a lot going on in the world of sports uh nfl a lot of free agency drama uh a lot to talk about with the jets uh maybe getting aaron Rodgers. um i am uh obviously we're gonna have to talk a lot about that because i'm a jet fan um it's it, it there's going to be a lot of talk about that, obviously. A lot of talk about that. Um, it's probably the biggest story in New York sports right now. Uh, Lamar Jackson not getting, uh, really being overlooked. Uh, a lot going on with the NFL. Obviously, college basketball just became relevant again. Uh, Jim Beheim stepping down, stepping down, it seems like. Um, and of course, another, and I mean, obviously, I, forgot, I almost forgot to mention the first. 20 or 30 minutes of the show is or during the show is going is going to be me and Garth's quick picks punishment because uh you know we lost quick picks this last round and uh so mine's going to be all about Stetson Bennett and my Georgia doubt his is going to be about his jealousy of Georgia as a Florida fan so all right so uh let's get into the show where are we at in society today Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! All right, all right, we're uh, all right. So uh, the quick pick, qu- the quick picks punishment is going to start pretty soon. Although um, I'm not going to do it until Garth gets here because why should I punish myself uh, without? Why, why should I, you know, punish myself? Uh, you know, when he's not going to be here. So I, I'll, I'll wait for him to get here first. Um, obviously, a lot of news going on in uh, you know college basketball. Like I said, finally getting relevant again. Uh, Jim Beheim supposedly stepped down as head coach of Syracuse. It seems like Syracuse, it seems like he was de facto fired almost. Uh, I don't know. It seems a little strange that it happened like this. It seemed like he didn't, 
it, it seemed almost like a Tom Coughlin type of thing where, uh, you know, the Giants really wanted to fire him, but they didn't want it publicly. They didn't want it public that he was fired. It felt a little weird. I, I, I just get the sense that Syracuse wanted to go in a different direction. Doesn't take away from all he's done as a head coach. He's great. Um, you know, he's been a great head coach, obviously. Uh, but it makes sense that maybe they would rather go in a different direction at this point because, you know, Syracuse hasn't been great within, you know, within the past four or five years. Uh, so I guess it might make a certain amount of sense uh, for them to go in a different direction. Um, obviously, the, the the subject I care about the most is Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Oh, here he is. Quick fix. All right. All right we we'll, we'll, we got to do the punishment now. Uh, hey, Garth. What's up, man? How are you doing? Okay, so we're both being punished together. Yeah, unfortunately. All right. Um, mine's all about Stetson Bennett because I'm obsessed with him. Um, yours is – do you want me to go first or do you want you to go first? Um, you could go first. All right. So here's some stuff about Stetson Bennett and why Stetson Bennett is better at life than me. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, he won two national championships. I've won zero. Those are two reasons right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, it's also a reason not just why Stetson Bennett, but why anybody on that team, including random coaching staff members, are better at life than I am. You're both undefeated. At least you could say that. Yeah, I am undefeated in, in national championships. So there is that. Uh comments. He's being he's being drafted. Um, well, technically Stetson Bennett's a little younger than me. Um, which made me which I do want to talk about a little. Uh it made me feel really, really horrible, really shitty when people were talking about how old Stetson Bennett is. It's like he's also like six or seven months younger than I am. So <laughs> it doesn't make me yeah, feel it's a, re- it's a really weird thing where we're making fun of him for being old and in college football, but at the same time, he's right around the same age as us. Yeah. I mean, I guess the difference is I'm not still in college. Um, okay. So he's won two national championships. I've won zero. Um, when, whenever I doubted him, he's proven me wrong. A hundred percent of the time. While I've doubted him, I've talked about Stetson Bennett. He doesn't know I exist, so there is that. And at one point in time, a lot of Georgia fans also doubted him, mind you. That's true. That's true. I don't know who's been doubted more than Stetson Bennett. Um, not only has he been doubted, I mean, I mean, he had to go to junior college. Yeah, fun fact, actually, I sat next to uh, two Georgia fans at a UGA-UF uh, football game, not this past season, but the one before. And they actually were both saying that we need to bench this guy for somebody else because we're not going to win anything as long as Bennett's the quarterback. And, you know, <laughs> look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, you see, some people, some more people said some Bennett is better at life then. Um, yeah, so all of that, obviously. Um, he stayed in college for six years uh, when I left after four. So I'm just a sucker. He knows to stay. Maybe if I had stayed like a fifth year, I would have, also won a national championship. Hey, you could always return. You've got four years of eligibility left. 
yeah, technically might be the next great uh, Georgia quarterback. Yeah, maybe I could. That that would be. But, but the thing is, imagine how much people would make fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would. It would be too much. Nick's fifth year was NBC year. I mean, I guess you could say that. Uh, I, I guess you could say that was like my fifth year of college, <laughs> um, uh, in a, in a sense. Um, I mean, for him, it was six years, which is bananas. Not only was it not only is he better at life than me because he had six years. He's, he was in college for six years, but also because he started in 2017. Like, so when I was a junior, he was a freshman. So he started like a year later anyway. Um, oh, by the way, I do want to say thank you for saying happy birthday. Yesterday was my birthday. Um, I'm 26, so I'm too old for Leonardo DiCaprio now. Um, <laughs> not too old for the NFL draft, though. No, no, I am not. Um, so I can still try out. Um, whatever I, um, I've never had a drunk interview before. That's true. Or been uh, in the in the news headlines for some kind of public intoxication. <laughs> Correct. So no matter what happens, if I drink alcohol, no matter what I do, if I if I were to, you know, get drunk or use drugs or something like that, nobody would know about it. If he does it, everybody knows. So I think this is a little uh so uh, and, you know, I've never been in a position and to be fair, most people never have been in a position where it's appropriate to be on television drunk. <laughs> Edson Bennett is one of the few people who have ever who's ever existed where it's appropriate to be on TV drunk and nobody says to you, I think you have a problem. The best part is the whole uh, thing that there's cert- there's some players on the roster that can't even legally drink and then there's Edson Bennett who's. Five years over the legal uh, age. I wonder what percentage of the. I wonder how many. Uh, what percentage of the players can't legally drink? Yeah, that is an interesting question. I mean, Georgia's got a lot, lot of young talent, but also a lot of three and four, four year players. So it'd like 50 split or somewhere in that r- range. Yeah. Well. Um. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, hold on a second. All right, so here's my fifth reason Stinson Bennett is better at life than me, and actually is very similar to the last one. If I get arrested for public intoxication, it doesn't make the news. <laughs> That's just a fact. If I get arrested, if I were to get arrested for public intoxication, it's not even a story. Like newspapers, local newspapers wouldn't even write about it. Just not only, that, not only that, I could like drive drunk and I could like drive drunk, which I would never do, but I could do that. And that's still less of a story than Stetson Bennett, you know, being publicly intoxicated. Just need to move to Florida. Crazy Florida men are pretty popular with the news. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but even if I did move to Florida and become a crazy Florida man, I would just be Florida man. I wouldn't like, like my name wouldn't even matter. That's true. Stetson Bennett is not Georgia, man. All right, so those are my five reasons. I technically could even say six because the two national championships count as two. Um, all right, your turn. Yes, it is my turn. Uh, it looks like 
I can't throw his comment up there, Nick, because obviously I'm the guest on your show tonight. Not my usual pucking around, but our good buddy. Justin Bennett took Noah. a dump in Garth and Nick's mouth before the show. <laughs> Weird thing to think about, but okay. <laughs> uh, at least he got me warmed up to read a list of reasons that I am by no means excited to be reading. Uh, real quickly, I guess I'll preface this in case there's viewers who either don't know myself or Noah that well. Uh, basically, we're both huge, average college football fans. Uh, I am a Florida Gator fan. He is a Georgia Bulldog fan. I live in Florida. He lives in Georgia. So obviously, even though we're co-hosts of not one but two sports podcasts uh, and really good friends outside of doing the podcast, uh, we are bitter, bitter rivals when it comes to college football, naturally, with the two teams that we support. Uh, so when Noah got the chance to give me a form of punishment for losing uh, the playoff um, playoff version of our quick picks that we do here in review and preview, uh, it, I knew immediately it was going to be something Georgia-related. Um, and the punishment that Noah gave me for this one was to come up with a list of 15 reasons that I was jealous of Georgia football or Georgia in general, whatever. Um, the university. I, I got to say, this is probably one of the hardest things because whenever you're trying to come up with like a valid list of reasons for something that you despise, it's not exactly like easy or enjoyable work. <laughs> Wait, but here's the thing, even though you don't like to, even though you don't like to advertise it, it's pretty safe to say that there's some truth to it. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I despise the Patriots. It doesn't mean I'm not jealous of them. Right. Yeah, all bias aside, it's not like I had to come up with a bunch of like, yeah. <laughs> you know, random BS up. reasons. Like there, There's definitely truth in the list. There's things where I go, okay, all bias aside, all hate for this team aside. It does suck that, you know, they have this and we don't, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, yeah, I guess I'll kick it off here. I had to – I got a good old list here. No, I had to write things down, take notes, all that, because there's no way I could have remembered all this off the top of my head, nor do I want to. I want to get this moment behind me and all these thoughts out of my head as soon as possible. Um, but we'll start it off here. My very first reason for being jealous of Georgia football slash the University of Georgia, uh, obviously they have won not one, but the last two national titles back-to-back. So for two reasons, actually, one, my favorite thing to do to Noah was to make the uh, 1980 meme before they won either one of those two, because that is the last time that they had won anything. Uh, and secondly, the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that is the fact that even Urban Meyer, you know, he was able to win two and three, but he wasn't even able to win back to back titles uh, here in Florida. So a couple of reasons that kind of pair up with that one. Um, number two. And this is a guy that we just talked a lot about, Nick Stetson Bennett, but a different reason. His entire college career, he was able to go through not as just a college student, but as a very, at least in the latter part of his tenure, a very popular, like polarizing sports figure. And he did it all with only having a flip phone. That is one of the most <laughs> interesting, like out of left field things I ever saw about this dude following college football these past few years really closely. Um you know, I think that not to get off on a tangent, but we're also used to like having smartphones and, you know, all these devices where the world's kind of at our fingertips. And here's this dude leading his team to back to back national titles and he's walking around with a flip phone in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, number three, they're, the fact that their mascot is a dog, hence the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, it allows their fan base to be able to walk around, go to games, and physically bark at opposing uh, fan bases as like a form of, uh, I guess, interesting kind of uh, number four, following it up kind of hand in hand, um, UGA's real mascot, Uga, the Bulldog, that I'm sure anybody who's followed college football has seen at one point or another, uh, actually was named by Sports Illustrated as the number one live mascot ever. Uh, unfortunately, the Gators of uh, the Florida Gator, Albert mascot, he has not won that award ever. Uh, number five, and it really pains me to say this because I don't want to give this credit to any rival team, uh, but in my opinion and also a lot of people's opinions, uh, UGA is most likely claimed the phrase of RBU, running back U, because their legacy of running backs is unreal. You know, you have guys like Frank Sinwich, who was, fun history fact, the first uh, SEC player to win the Heisman Trophy all the way up to guys like Herschel Walker, uh, Garrison Hurst, Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Uh, the list goes on and on and on with all the great running backs that they've had over the years there at UGA. Uh, number six, the Spike Squad, which for if anybody doesn't know what that is, basically there's a group of like super passionate, avid UGA fans that much like the Oakland Raiders of the NFL, uh, wear shoulder pads with these big, huge spikes on them and like grimacing faint paint, face paint, rather. Uh, it's just a really cool thing that obviously Florida doesn't have anything like that. I mean, we have passionate, rowdy fans, but we don't get to wear like the spiked shoulder pads to games or anything cool like that. Um, number seven reason why UGA's recent dominance in what's coined as the cocktail party, the yearly uh, annual rivalry game that's held in Jacksonville. Uh, as we all know, UGA has been on a tear ever since Kirby Smart has been there. Florida, you know, very up and down, a lot more down years than good years. And they have won five of the last six matchups. So obviously I'm not able to talk a whole lot of trash in the department of head-to-head uh, -head wins, even though we do still hold the all-time series lead. lead. Um, number eight reason, unlike Florida in recent years, they really haven't had like a struggling quarterback situation. Obviously they haven't had like guys going out there and winning the Heisman or lighting the world on absolute fire, but they've had really like solid, good quarterback play that has in no way held their team back from competing, uh, which is quite the opposite. Florida has had a lot of good years over the last decade defensively, uh, but just outside of Kyle Trask, just really, really and Anthony Richardson in moments this season just really, really bad up and down um, run of the mill quarterback play that's really held our teams back. You know, even the year that Kyle Trask was really good, the defense was absolutely abysmal and probably kept us out of the seat, the college football playoffs, if I'm being um, honest with you guys. Number nine, very much like the last reason, but switching it over to head coaches, really, really stable in that department. Obviously, Kirby Smart, he's starting to garner attention as the number one college football coach right now. He's They're kind of, you know, swaying that momentum away from Nick Saban, not saying he's the best ever. That's obviously still Nick Saban, but he's starting to take the title of, okay, this guy might just be 
uh, the number one guy right now in all of college football, whereas we've had an absolute coaching carousel. As Noah likes to mention, his favorite meme against me is old Sullen Mullen, as he called Dan Mullen. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of other guys you can throw in there, like Charlie Strong, Ron Zook, Muschamp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and actually another reason that kind of ties into that is the fact that Kirby Smart actually has been able to defeat Nick Saban. Uh, you know, we really haven't played them too much in recent years, but the few times we've had, they've kind of beaten the snot out of us. I remember Tim Tebow's senior season, they came in there and beat the brakes off of us. Tim Tebow was on the sidelines crying. Uh, they just barely beat us that year. We were really good recently with Kyle Trask. So Kirby Smart, unlike a lot of college football coaches, not even just my Florida Gators, can say that He's got the Kirby or rather the Nick Saban monkey off his back and can beat him and probably feels really confident now every time that they match up. Um, number 11, I guess that moves us up to now. Uh, one thing, and if anybody's ever been to college football games in here, uh, the bigger stadiums in college football have the best atmospheres. Absolutely insane. I love going to big time games in the swamp. Uh, but with that said, Sanford Stadium, actually has a bigger stadium capacity wise. It's been renovated much more recently, much more nicer in terms of amenities, like physically how the stadium is. And unfortunately, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium is awesome to go to, but it is very old and not really dirty, but outdated, I would say is the best way to describe it. So definitely jealous in the home stadium department to those regards. Um, moving on to, I believe we're up to number 13 now. Um, UGA now has more national titles in college football than Florida does. Uh, sitting at four, we are at three. So now they have bragging rights in recent history, head-to-head -head matchups. Now they've got bragging rights in total national championships for football. And as Noah will remind all of us in here, uh, all those basket weaving and pottery championships that Florida has won do not count when we discuss national championships. Um, Number 14, UGA's red and black alternate jerseys, which are the ones kind of with the dog collar around the necks, are honestly really cool. I can't lie. I hate Georgia with a passion, but those jerseys are really, like, badass, intimidating. Like, I wish we had something like that, honestly. So definitely jealous of that jersey. Um, and then lastly, number 15, moving into the NFL side of things, uh, UGA does have a quarterback who actually has won a Super Bowl and not just appeared in one in recent history with Matthew Stafford. And that does up a very painful list that I am incredibly glad to get behind me, Nick. Hopefully I don't have to say any more good things about the Georgia Bulldogs for a long time. All right. Well, I guess, like I said, some of that was probably true, even, even if you don't want to say it. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially the jersey part. Like I said, I, I do love those jerseys. So I will talk a little bit about – I mean, the thing is, this punishment is way worse for you than it is for me because, like, I don't really care about Georgia football or Stetson Bennett very right. much. Um, I just – I hate them with a burning passion. You hate them. I don't hate Georgia. I have nothing against them. It, it's not exactly – there are sports teams in the state of Georgia that I hate a lot more than uh, Georgia – than the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> um. Okay, so there's been so I now I also have to recap the worst bets I made against Georgia uh, throughout the season. There's four that come to mind. Uh, the first one was in early September when I bet South Carolina to cover a 21. I think it was a 21 point spread 
against Georgia. Georgia blew them out. I think, I mean, they blew them out uh, almost as bad as, uh, almost not almost as bad as they blew out Oregon. Um, South Carolina. 48 to seven. That was it. 48 to seven. That's almost as bad as 49 to three. So I had them plus, I think it was three touchdowns. Uh, that was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, it, I mean, everybody forgets about it because it didn't matter that much. But, um, you know, actually, in hindsight, that win for Georgia looks even looks even a little bit better because South Carolina turned yeah, out to they be went on that run at the end of the year. Yeah, at least at the end of the year. Uh, the, the next one was uh, Georgia. I took ten, I took uh, Tennessee to cover. Ten points, I think it was against uh, ten against uh, George Tennessee to cover against Georgia. I think it was like. Yeah, I think it might have been like 10 points or something. Or maybe it was eight points. It, it was roughly yeah, around were, that area. They were actually higher ranked headed into that game. I think they were number one. Yeah. Georgia was two. Yes, yes. Tennessee was higher ranked uh, for one obvious reason, because they beat Bama. Uh, yes, Tennessee was ranked number one going into that game, even though Georgia were like 10-point favorites or something like that. Um, I was very confident. Not only did I not only did I take Tennessee, I was very confident in Tennessee. Um, and I will say they totally dominated. They totally yeah. dominated. I had Georgia winning that game, but I felt that Tennessee would be able to challenge them with how good their offense was. And it was it, – honestly, the game was even less close than the score suggested. Uh, yeah, Tennessee didn't even score till right towards the very end of the game. Yeah, so it, it, that game was not close. Uh, yeah, he, he, a bigger blowout than the score suggested. Um, the next one is – uh, Georgia, uh, oh, I bet LSU to cover against Georgia in the SEC championship game. It was like a two touchdown spread. Not only that was the game that, uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, didn't finish. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was an, yeah, he, he got, he got yeah, injured he, in that game. He came into the game, not a hundred percent and ended up getting, he wasn't a hundred percent injuring himself. In hindsight, that was really stupid because LSU had already – their season went kind of like this. They already collapsed against Texas A&M. Georgia was on the rise, although they didn't look that great against Kentucky. But Kentucky's a pretty tough team. Um, that was a pretty bad one. I should have known better. That was – like, it's not even just that I was wrong in hindsight. I think my re- – because like just because I'm wrong in hindsight doesn't mean it didn't make sense at the time like my Georgia-Tennessee bet, I think it made sense why I thought it. In hindsight, I think it was really stupid that I actually thought that. Not just because I lost, but because like, I don't know why I thought that. That was really dumb. Um, especially when, you know, the uh, the game before, I bet on LSU to beat Texas A&M, I would have won like $170-something <laughs> if, if LSU had just beaten Texas A&M, uh, who had the worst year in probably my lifetime or certainly up there. Um, and obviously, the worst of the worst was the national championship game. TC, I, I bet on Georgia. I said, I literally said on this show that Tennessee, uh, that it's probably going to be a one score game. Yeah. That, I thought it was going to be closer than most people thought, but that blowout was bad. It was unwatchable. Possib- one of the most unwatchable games I've ever seen 
Uh, that was really bad. But I will say, to be fair, you and Noah were on the show that I said that. And Noah said, I think I agree with that. So I'm not the only one who said that. He didn't really push back and say, no, George is going to blow him out. That didn't happen. Okay, that did not happen on the show. And I have receipts to prove it. Um, <laughs> and, and it wasn't that I thought Georgia was going to lose to TCU. Like, if I had thought that, that would still look less bad than saying it's going to be a one-score game when it was not close. So, um, I think that pretty much does it for our punishment. Yeah, I, I think we uh, unfortunately hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I, I will say, say it for was more painful for me because nope. recapping bad bets and putting it out there, especially on a show that's kind of a betting show like this one, is much more painful because, you know, that's really what I care about is the money. I don't care about Georgia football itself. <laughs> Closing uh, thoughts. I only you. care about them because they're relevant right now. But I mean, if they're when they weren't relevant, not which was you know not too long ago, pre Kirby Smart when they weren't good, I never would have talked about them. So there is that. Yeah, for for Noah's satisfaction, Nick, uh, I'll point out one thing: his I think his favorite moment of this entire college football season, maybe outside of the national championship itself, but in close second is he loves to quote you on this. It is a bad time to be a Georgia football fan. When did I ever say that? I think it was leading up to the Tennessee game. I may be mistaken, but I think I think you were talking about why Tennessee could win and why it's going to be like a bad time that weekend to be a oh, Georgia fan when Tennessee for the love of, For the life of me, and I do not remember saying that, not only do I not remember saying that, it doesn't even sound like something I would say. <laughs> I'm not saying doubting Georgia doesn't sound like something I would say, but I mean, that that particular order of words, I feel like I never would have said that. Also, the, the other last thing I wanted to point out is, thankfully, Noah also has a punishment of his own to do since he lost to me for the college football picks that we do every year for, like, the, the bigger games. Uh, so I, he will be uh, having to do a punishment talking about Florida football. So thankfully, the we've thing is, it's not going to be out. much of a punishment for him because George is so much better than Florida. <laughs> There's going to be no truth to it. I mean, like <laughs> well, I did get him good, though, because instead of making it somehow football related, I'm making him discuss other sports outside of football and why Florida is better at those said sports. Than That's a good punishment. <laughs> Have him, but you know what would be an even better punishment? Just making him like break down Florida volleyball <laughs> or something like that, and it, it, or like uh, or so, or so, any sport that he just does it. Like any sport, make him break down like sports other than football and basketball that he probably wouldn't know for Florida, and like get passionate about it. I could actually have him do that for tennis because they have a very good men's tennis program. Yeah, I mean that I would love to see that. Um, all right, so obviously. Now to the stuff I want to talk about. Honestly, for the life of me, never would have thought that in March we'd be doing college football on this show. So, <laughs> yeah, even our college football dedicated show is on a hiatus right now. Yeah, pretty much. So I don't know how you do that. So um, me being wrong about it, us being wrong, basically making bad picks is the reason. Um, so here's the stuff I care about, and the stuff not just I care about, the people care about. Um, Aaron Rodgers possibly going to the Jets. He's done with the darkness retreat. Um, Sala, Woody, Joe Douglas, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I think I got that right. 
all went on a plane to see Aaron Rodgers, to meet with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I got that right, didn't I? Sala, Hackett, Woody, and um, Joe Douglas. Yeah, 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 I got that right. All went to meet with Aaron Rodgers, which at the very least means Aaron Rodgers is serious. Or, you know, at least considering becoming a Jet. Because if he was not open to it, that would obviously that meeting doesn't take place. Um, I don't know how it went, honestly. Nobody really does. Um, I could see somebody, you know, uh, doing like saying like saying something odd or you know using the bathroom at the wrong time, totally turning him off and be like, "I'm never going to be a jet now." <laughs> um, that that could totally happen. Uh, but I really want to see this. Obviously, I think most jet fans do. Although you do get the inevitable pushback of you don't want to do this because blah blah blah. Um, I think it's crazy to not want that. Um, our situation right now, the Jets possibly have right now other. Uh, the worst quarterback situation. Uh, my, Joe Flacco is disinterested. He legitimately, it seems to me like he doesn't care and is totally ready to retire, but still wants a paycheck, uh, which is smart on his part. Um, but he'd prefer to sit on the sidelines and not play. Uh, Zach Wilson, I don't need to talk about him. Uh, but, you know, uh, and Mike White is pretty good, but never stays healthy. And then there's Chris Strebler, who actually played pretty decent against the Jaguars, but probably because nobody prepared for him. And if Chris Trevler's in the game, you're definitely losing by a whole lot. Uh, so I don't see how anybody could be opposed to Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. And a lot of people have said, um, not so much now, but beforehand, a lot of people were talking about, oh, we, we don't, and when I say people, I mean Jet fans. We don't want Aaron Rodgers. I think if you don't want Aaron Rodgers and you're a Jet fan, you're crazy. You're crazy if you don't want Aaron Rodgers. Um, and the reasons people give are often really bad because it's something like I, they may even be true or valid, but they're, they're but useless points. It's like, well, he loses in the playoffs a lot. Like they just don't make the playoffs. Imagine how hoity toity the Jets would have to be to be like, he loses in the playoffs. You don't want him. They just haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like it's better than not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And how can a team in a drought be like, yeah, yeah, I don't want this guy because he loses in the playoffs. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, for me, I guess I could <clears throat> I guess I could evaluate this from two sides. If I'm a Jets fan personally, like you said, I think I want it to happen because one, the quarterback situation is not good by any means right now. Uh, secondly, you can say all the playoff stuff you want, but he still does perform every regular season. Even at the age he's getting to now, he, he still had a pretty darn good uh, regular season this past year. Um, so a, a, as a Jets fan, I don't know why you wouldn't want this guy. Not only that, it's like, you know, who else is even available that you could say, oh, yeah, that would be a way better pickup. The list is non-existent in my opinion. Um, and then secondly, I guess I will look at it from the other side of things. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, you know, other than maybe, you know, you really want to be in the New York City market for one reason or another, I don't see how, you know, it makes a lot of sense because at this point in his career, he's got all the individual numbers, the statistics, you know, MVP, he has won one Super Bowl. If I'm him, it's kind of like either I'm just going to hang it up and retire or I want to go somewhere where adding me to the roster makes this team like 
a true Super Bowl contender to where I might be able to win another ring. But the thing is with Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm trying to approach it from my viewpoint if I were him. But quite frankly, I don't think this is a guy that really cares about the uh, postseason success or Super Bowl at this point in his career. At least that's what I've seen from watching him and kind of, you know, how playoffs have gone the past few seasons with that guy. I don't agree. I think he probably does. Um, you think he I, don't think another ring? I don't think it's the end of the world for him, but I do think he cares. Mm-hmm. I think that he really does care what people say about him. Um he does seem to be self-centered in many ways. I don't mean that in too much of, I don't really mean that as an insult. Just like, I do think he cares about what the media says. Uh, he does care about, I do think he cares about criticisms. I think it would be like, I just don't believe that he doesn't care that the entire sports media criticizes him for only winning one Super Bowl. I think he wants to shut them up. Um, I, I just find it hard to believe that he just doesn't care. Now here's um, the million dollar question, Nick say the Jets do land him, does that all of a sudden, with this roster that they have now, does that get them into playoffs and potentially at least make a Super Bowl appearance? Yes. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying it's a given because the AFC is tough, uh, but the Jets are a pretty good team, above average to say the least, outside of the quarterback. Um, we, could be, we could do a little better with the offensive line. Um, obviously, injuries are always going to take a toll. Uh, but we're also a very young team, a very young team that could use a veteran. Uh, I mean, that has a huge thing. To, and people often – you often hear people talk about how, like, the team surrounding Rodgers, based on what the Jets would have to give up, would be so much worse. I find it really hard to believe that the team surrounding Aaron Rodgers is going to be vastly worse than it's the team surrounding, say, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo or Lamar Jackson or the next best option. The move would probably most likely be uh, mainly draft capital, anyways, versus like a right. handful. And the play. Jets don't until last year. The Jets don't normally draft very well. Um, what is the and the Jets are bad, but they're not so bad to the point where they're getting number one and number two picks. What is the likelihood that whoever it is that they're drafting at what uh, you know it, within the next upcoming years is going to be like you know this amazing you know game changer? It's very unlikely. Um, it's much more likely that they become a bust or they, they aren't good, whatever the case may be, or they get injured a lot. I mean, that's more likely to happen than, you know, than, you know, not ha- than them passing on like Warren Sapp. Like, I find it very unlikely that, you know, the draft pick that they might have to trade to the Packers for Rodgers is going to be like the, the next Warren Sapp. I find right. that a little hard to believe. And, um, and the draft is a total crapshoot. I mean, I, I like to discuss. Yeah. Uh, prospects and all that as much as the next guy, but it's a total crapshoot. You don't know who most of these players are. Only the people like only guys like Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay know who they are. I don't know who most of the players are. You don't, I'm sure. And we not only that, we don't even get to physically see these guys, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I mean, and we watch more college football than most people. Unless you're a fan of that a particular that specific team, you're not gonna know. They like like they, that's why I don't value the draft that much. Um, and, and but the point is, is that getting a quarterback like say Garoppolo, for instance, getting somebody like him and building around him, there is no way realistically that the team around Garoppolo is going to be that the team around like they might be a little bit better, but it's going to be so much better to the point where it's going to make up for the difference. They're going to surpass the difference between. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo like that to me is just silly and doesn't I don't just disagree it doesn't sound plausible well I think too 
for at least for me, Nick, it's like Garoppolo is the type of quarterback where if you have the right system around him, you have great weapons around him, then yeah, he's probably going to be a pretty good starting quarterback for you. Aaron Rodgers is the complete opposite. You know, throw a bunch of janitors out there, and that guy's still going to be slinging the ball all around the field and, yeah. and making plays and putting up numbers. And people often talk. People are often talking about the playoff success. They're like, if you want to go to the playoffs and lose, um, you know, yeah, then you would want Aaron Rodgers. Like I said, there's chances are no matter who you get, we're going we're gonna to get to the playoffs and lose as a best case scenario. So that's kind of like that's probably going to happen anyway at the at the very best. Um, but also it's like, you know, the problem with sports fans is that collectively there's a little bit too much, um, uh, short-term memory loss. Um, you know, people said the same thing about Peyton Manning. I mean, people said Peyton Manning's a choker, uh, until he won his second Super Bowl, the year he retired in which he was arguably at the time, the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. You could certainly yeah. argue. Probably the worst quarterback <laughs> I've ever seen win a Super Bowl. The dude um, could not throw at that point in his career. He wasn't just past his prime. He was bad. He it, it was unbelievable to me that he could have that that he could have won a Super Bowl. Um but before that, his record in the playoffs was um before that season was 11 and 13. He he was 11 and 13. Aaron yeah. Rodgers right now is 11 and 10 after playing in the league for roughly the, a similar amount of time. Uh, so I don't see how you can really, it, why that's much of a criticism. I mean, yeah, Peyton Manning until that second Super Bowl was always talked about that way, the same way we talk about Rodgers. And by the way, I don't think that criticism of Manning is really any less valid today than it was then because I mean, it, it, it's really no less valid because until like is this legacy vastly better because he won a second Super Bowl? Like is he that much better of a player because they won in spite of him? Given all of that context, it, it's just so silly to think that way. Um, and if I and imagine if the Jets in twenty you know eleven for instance or whenever instead of going to the Broncos, the Jets could have gotten Peyton Manning. Imagine saying, "Oh, I don't want Peyton Manning because he's not good in the playoffs." Because he it, it, like it's just so stupid. That would just be so stupid. Like because with the Colts, he was nine and ten, I think. Uh, yeah, nine and ten in the playoffs and won one Super Bowl. I mean, that's very similar. Like that same logic would apply with Rodgers too. And, and people often are often comparing it to Brett Favre. I think it's very different. First of all, Favre didn't. It, it's worth noting Favre at that point in his career was not as good as Rodgers is. He was not. Um, also Favre didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be in New York. Um, if Rogers wants to be in New York, I think that makes a huge difference. Second of all, that, that Jets team really wasn't all that bad. They could have yeah. made the, it, the other thing too, with Favre and Manning, especially Favre is, uh, very turnover prone. Aaron Rodgers has been the opposite. Literally yeah. his entire career is actually one of the best ever. Uh, in terms of just touchdown interception ratio and having just those bad plays that lead to turnovers in general. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of downside with Rodgers. So you pay a lot of money if he doesn't have a great year or whatever, but there's also upside, a lot of upside that you have to look at. Um, and it, it's just like that Aaron Rodgers becoming a jet would just be my dream. It would be a dream come true. Um, part of me feels like it's not going to happen because it would just be too good. Also, what a move it would be just from a marketing standpoint for the New York Jets. 
I mean, yeah. all, all media is good media, as they say. And obviously that would be uh, the attention getter there in, in New York. And, you know, obviously national media as well. Like all season long, they would be talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and, and yeah. New York. I mean, I think the Jets have always have a certain baseline level of relevancy in the national media um, just because they're the Jets. Um, but I mean, the Jet Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, I feel like it would certainly be the biggest storyline year round, probably uh, in in uh, New York. I, I mean, like Aaron, Rod like Aaron Rodgers in New York, even in August, July and August. I mean, it's going to be a pretty big storyline. Is Aaron Rodgers going to stay? Is he going to go? Aaron Rodgers said this. He said that. It's always going to be a story. Um, and I think that, like I said, it's always going to be a, the Jets would become so much more relevant nationally just with Rodgers, just because of Rodgers. Um, and I mean, and I don't care about relevance. I care about winning. Um, but it makes us a vastly better team, vastly better. Yeah, most of it. Like I said, you know, it, Nick, if I were a Jets fan, I, I don't see how you would be against this, at least from a pure just like statistic uh, stats wanting to win football games, you know, throw all the extra stuff to the side. Like, yeah, it's fun to talk about it. It gets attention. It gets headlines. But like at the end of the day, you're trying to win football games. You're trying to be relevant in the playoff race. And, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers would give them a way better chance than anybody else that's currently on that roster. Like I said, you know, the QB market right now is not great. Uh, there's not somebody else out there that I can see them bringing in and going, yep, that's definitely an upgrade over signing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's a bunch of – I mean, to be fair, I would say the market isn't – I wouldn't say it's bad. It's actually pretty good. But nobody compares to Aaron Rodgers. And how often do you have a player like him that's on that's available? Like, it, it almost never happens. Like, it, it, it almost never happens. So, um, I do want to talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson – he um, got non-exclusive franchise tagged. He's being overlooked by a bunch of teams. And I actually think the reason for this is really, really obvious. Um, it's not because he's a running quarterback. It's not because he's injury prone. Uh, it's not because he can't throw it from the pocket because he can. Um, it's pretty, really simple. And I know you probably think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, he doesn't have an agent. That's the yeah. reason why. He doesn't, yeah. He doesn't have an agent. It's really hard to, uh, you know, nothing against Lamar Jackson, obviously. I'm not trying to, like, talk badly about him anyway, but obviously when you're just an individual and, you know, he's been an athlete, he's been a football player his whole career. This isn't a guy who's, you know, like in business, in economics. Like, he's got a, some kind of background in that field where he can really lobby for himself. He's basically just going in and saying, hey, guys, I'm good at football. Give me money. Yeah. Whereas if he had an agent, you know, he would probably get a, a, a lot further with where he's trying to go with this. Yeah, he does. it's not like he has a law degree. Right. And agents are pretty much always lawyers, and nobody can argue like a lawyer. They do it. There's a reason people hire agents and attorneys. They do it for a living. There is no way you can vouch for yourself as well as an attorney 
can vouch for you. There is no way you can. Yeah, if I'm him, uh, you know, I think uh, at least after this, let it be a learning experience. Go out there and get yourself an agent. Yeah, a team might like to see Lamar on if they keep Henry as the Titans. I actually kind of agree with that. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. Um, but like I said, I don't know. Uh, he'll, like I said, is he going to walk in the doors and be like, you know, I think I deserve this contract. They're going to say why. And, you know, because, you know, they have people arguing for them, the teams. And now he doesn't have that. He's just relying on himself. Um, so I don't know why he, some, he thought that was a good idea. Um it goes to show you how important it is to have an agent considering the, you know, the deals that other players can get uh, like players that aren't even close to his level. Um, I mean, you see it in basketball a lot. You see players that are just, you think aren't worth the money and they get paid. They get these exorbitant con these get these huge contracts. Yeah. And the reason is because they have good agents. That's the reason why. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the uh, – well, actually, and obviously, I do want to talk a little bit about Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones, obviously, the uh, the new uh, – I think it's uh, $40 million a year uh, from the Giants. I get why the Giants did it because they, they have – I think this is a pretty good move for the Giants, actually, because the way it's structured is that um, only around half of it, I think, is guaranteed, um, and they have a lot of outs – so it's not exactly – like, I don't think it's actually a bad – I think for the Giants, it's actually the best move they could have done. Yeah, I like this move a lot for the Giants. Um, you know, I, I, discussing Daniel Jones, I know our our uh, buddies at Review and Preview that are the, the big Giants fans that are really excited for this topic. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good move by the Giants. Uh, kind of much like what I was saying with the Jets and potentially getting Aaron Rodgers, it's like, okay, you could – let him walk. You could go out and sign somebody else. But I think that this is a guy who, you know, they've got a lot of faith in him, quite frankly. You know, he had a pretty good season. He's shown improvement over his career. I think they're at least locked in for the next year or two to see where this could go. And that's exactly the kind of deal that they gave him. It's not like they went out there and signed this guy for the next decade for huge money like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. You know, they they signed him to a team-friendly deal. And if it works out in their favor, you know, there'll be a bigger contract probably after this one. Yeah. So um, the, the contract is four years, 160, uh, four years, $160 million. They have an out after three years um, and half um, an 82 million. So a little more than half is guaranteed. So Which actually it, for the way the NFL is now with contracts to only have about half of it guaranteed is a huge win for them. I mean, obviously it sucks on the players part. God forbid if anything happens, but at least from like a, from the uh, Giants' standpoint. Giants' standpoint, that's a good move on their part. Yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, yeah, you love it. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Tom thinks that Daniel Jones is a little better than he really is. Um, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is bad, but he's, he's he is good. He deserves the contract. Um, I know he's typing angrily right now, but um, <laughs> he, he, Daniel Jones is very good, um, and he and, or at least had a very good year, and certainly should get that contract because most, you know – be, even being average is just I mean I mean is enough to get you that kind of money just like with Geno Smith and by the way I think Geno Smith is going to come back down to earth I don't think that's a great move from Seattle uh I don't think it, it, like Geno Smith is what he is in this year in this year with the quarterback market they could have gotten somebody better probably I mean like if like if I were the Seahawks and 
if you had a choice between Geno Smith and Derek Carr, I would probably take Derek Carr for next year. Yeah, Even I would as well. Smith and I love Geno Smith personally. I wouldn't be surprised if they still end up drafting somebody, quite frankly. And by the way, even though Geno Smith had a good year by Geno Smith's standards, it's like they barely had a winning – like they barely even made the playoffs. They got killed in the first round. It's like it, is this really what you want to strive for? Like it's not like they couldn't have gotten better. Is that Geno Smith was supposed to be bad and was good and was pretty good. Um, uh, on, only issue I can see in three more years is Jones' contract, Barkley, and Thibodeau. I mean, yeah, I get. I mean, look, I don't care about the Giants. I really don't care about their well. Yeah, but Bar- Barkley got tagged, so I mean, they probably let him walk unless he has a really good another year. So that might not even be the. Uh, yeah, well, I guess the way I see it is, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I do want to talk about the latest in college basketball. Uh, right now, Duke and Miami are playing. Um, this is all going to tie into the unnecessary wagers because I have a, a college basketball edition of my unnecessary wager. Um, which probably won't hit, but, you know, because it never really does. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, do you know who has the best odds? You know who has the best odds to win it all, according to FanDuel? Oh, God. This year has been a total crapshoot for college basketball as far as who they've been kind of high on, but I I don't know. I'll, I'll start it with that. I honestly have no clue in the world. I guess if I had to take a wild guess at this, um, I would probably go with somebody like Purdue, maybe. You're not far off. The be- the team with the best odds is Houston. Huh. A little bit shocked in that one, just because no. I get I get why the hype is there, and I get why they have them ranked highly. Houston is just one of those teams where I – kind of am waiting for them to face plant and like have that big loss and come back down to earth, whether it's in their conference tournament or actually in the March madness bracket. Yes. Yes. Um, But I mean, I mean, they they remind me a little bit of Wichita state that one year. Yeah. Yep. That's like, like they're very good, obviously, but they're in a very easy conference. You don't know. Yeah. That's the other thing too. The level of competition that they're playing on a regular basis is not, anything like playing in the ACC or no. even the SEC in the past couple of years has been a lot better. The, the SEC this year seems to be more like the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Either uh, you're and, a, a very good team or you just flat out suck. I, I do find SEC basketball to be entertaining, but I, I just don't think it's usually great quality basketball in general. Yeah. I would say good teams kind of grind it out, but not a conference you're going to like sit down and go, all right, this is going to be like a – offensive showcase super entertaining type of game yeah and duke is up 41 36 at the half right now um don't sleep on texas and arizona nope i am not sleeping on them um you mean all ncaa i would say ucla houston kansas miami um i would say you're not far off um like i said houston uh was number uh ucla is only um ucla is actually sixth Arizona is fifth. Um, Kansas is third. Uh, Alabama is second. Uh, Alabama is great this year. It's like they're not really a basketball school, obviously. But Alabama is having like an historically great year. Yeah, they had a pretty good season. They followed it up this year with a great season. Uh, my only critique with Alabama is big games where they play a quality opponent. They either show up and win or, or they 
kind of just get right right um so uh i do want to get into my unnecessary wager here it is uh special college basketball edition miami plus two and a half for a game going on right now so we'll find out pretty in like an hour or so if that hits texas a&m minus a half a point uh versus arkansas um ucla minus five and a half against oregon ucla is great this year Kentucky money line over Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, <laughs> that's not going to be. That should be. That's a very easy one. Um, Texas money line again uh, versus TCU, and Arizona minus seven and a half against Arizona State. So kind of a greasy parlay. Uh, it's ten to win. Ten to win two hundred seventy four dollars and six cents. Yeah, Texas A&M actually is a, a kind of a sneaky good team. They've had a really good season just being Texas A&M, not known for basketball, yeah. which like Alabama have kind of flown under the radar. Yeah, um, by the way, I saw this tweet from NFL Rumors on Twitter that says, breaking, Green Bay Packers GM Mark Murphy says Aaron Rodgers will not be a Packer this season. Wow. I mean, it's not shocking, but it's good to get the uh, – I guess it's good to get – get uh, the confirmation all right so thanks for coming on garth um this punish the special punishment episode um i'll be back next week to do more march madness stuff all right see you guys everybody peace out